Um, we're going to be hitting some places in John chapter 20 and 1 Corinthians 15, Luke 24, uh, 1 John chapter 3, so just keep your Bible open. How's that? And who knows? We might feel inspired to go somewhere else before it's over with. Uh, I'll just give a quick report. Um, we got, cause everybody in our family we're related to is in Indiana. Most of them are in, in Indiana. And, uh, so one, one cousin's in his late seventies. We're not sure about his salvation. We've been praying with him, praying for him, witnessing to him. He seems like he's been receiving, but he's just, is so hard to read. You know anybody like that? <laughs> so his kidneys are in stage four failure. And uh, his heart is not good, and, and it's just one of those things. I said, we got to go up there and talk to him. And so we did. His name is Harry Martin. And uh, we prayed with him, encouraged him, and uh, I, I believe he's accepted the Lord. I, I wish he'd just kind of get a little Pentecostal on me and say something, you know. But um, got to visit with my other cousins. We had breakfast with another set of cousins Tuesday morning. And we headed back here. So Monday we went up there. Tuesday we came back, and here we are. Um, but God is so faithful. My brother, it's, it's just neat to hang out with my brother. My brother was, uh, he didn't know the Lord, and he didn't mind telling you he didn't know the Lord, and he didn't want to know the Lord, and just leave him alone. You know, that's the way his attitude was. And uh, when God got a hold of him, he radically changed. And I, he you know, I thought I talked to a lot of people. He talks to everybody. You know, he's just like, hey, Jesus loves you, you know that. And I was like, I said, I don't mind you saying that, but please don't start that in the restroom at a rest area, okay, in the men's restroom. I, I don't feel comfortable of talking to people in the restroom. So you can get wait until they get out of the restroom and talk to them about Jesus. <laughs> but uh, we 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 know a little gift shop owner, and we that's one of our stops now. We just go and share with her. She loves the Lord, and her daddy was in a car accident. We just exchanged prayer requests, and in a little town of Newburgh, Indiana, you can Google. It's this quaint little town on the Ohio River, and uh, we just love going there. Um, I, I tried to find Harley Ulrich, probably very few people in this room had ever heard of him, but he died in the mid-90s. He was born in 1915, but he did missions work up in Alaska, and he gave himself to prophecy, traveling around with uh, one of those charts that went from one end of the platform to the other. I don't know if you've seen those, but uh, Harley had one, and... Um, and he used to say some things that every time I start dealing with any kind of prophecy, I think about some of the sayings. And uh, um, I tried to find some things on him. I, I think I did find uh, either a son or a grandson by that name that's pastoring. So I'm going to try to catch up with him. But um, how can we understand what it's going to be like in heaven? You know, there's so many different views of that. Um but, you know, if you look in the Gospels, we get a preview. There's a preview about what we're going to be like in heaven, in the Gospels. Um, we will definitely be ourselves. We won't be another person. It'll be, you will be you and I will be me. So it's, it's going to be a very more refined you. Amen. 
it's going to be a better me for sure. Um, but you're not going to be someone else. Uh, you're going to be identifiable. You're going to be recognizable. You know, there's probably some people you mistaken by, you know, they look like someone else and some people have a, a similar appearance, but you know, they'll still be distinguished in heaven. It won't be, there won't be, you know, somebody's going to be a, a exact pattern of you. We're going to be ourselves. We're going to be in a glorified state. The, the preview about what we're going to look like in heaven is going to be the person of Jesus. He was raised from the dead and they got to see him after he was raised from the dead. And the constitution of what he is, is a preview of what we will be. So that's where I'm going to take you. John chapter 20 is when he was resurrected, the tomb was empty, and the word was out. And, um, of course, Peter and John runs to the tomb, and, and uh, they says, yeah, there it is. There's the grave clothes. There's the napkin. Yeah, something happened here. And, and uh, Mary stayed back, and this is the conversation she had with what she thought was the gardener. And um, in that conversation, uh, Jesus finally calls her, her by her name, Mary, and she knew immediately. Here's the thing about what happened there. Here's two dynamics. One is this. Now, we can say the last view she had of him was horrific, battered man. And so maybe that's why she mistook him for someone else. But Obviously, he looked different enough to where she did not know who he was by first glance, right? So that lets us know that the resurrected state is going to be similar but not identical. Because she didn't, you know, you had the, the, the road to Emmaus story where these two people, they thought he was a total stranger. They did not recognize him at all until after he prayed. And it could be that they were shielded because their eyes were open and then they realized who it was. So it might have been that there was this shield, this covering for them to have this visitation with him without them knowing right off the bat. It, that conversation would not have happened if they recognized him right off the bat, right? They'd have been too engrossed. So he, he wanted to have this conversation with them without them knowing that it was him at the start. So there was something uh, like him, but something different but here's verse 17 it says jesus said to her um and the king james says don't touch me or something like that right this is i'm, I'm reading out of the new american standard because it's also a word for word translation of the original language jesus said to her stop clinging to me for i have not yet ascended to the father but go to my brethren and say to them i ascend to my father and your father and my god and your god and that alone has a lot of implication to it. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. <clears throat> now, all he said to her was her name and she recognized that. And obviously she grabbed him and he said, don't cling to me. Don't hang on to me because I've got things I need to do before I sin. So she must immediately let, let go of him, and, and then she came and announced, I have seen the Lord. Um, he appeared a handful of times to his disciples 
a lot of times, the moment he appeared to them, they recognized him, and, and who wouldn't have? They were in sometimes a room all by themselves. I was like, poof, he's there. So that's kind of easy to say. Oh, that's him. And even in some of those times, they, they didn't really know what to do. Um, after, now, after he ascended, it's all changed, isn't it? Anybody who saw Jesus after he ascended, it, it was all different. It blinded Saul on the road to Emmaus. All he saw was a bright light that blinded him, put scales over his eyes. And John the Revelator saw him in a vision, and he couldn't hardly look at him. It says his face was like the sun shining, and everything about him was brilliant. His feet was like brass burning in a fire, and he described his eyes as eyes of fire. This is kind of like he falls to the ground, and, and the Lord picks him up, and it's overwhelming. That's not the same semblance that they saw before he ascended. So this glory, the, the, the glorification of Jesus after he ascended, that's also a preview of what we're going to be like. So what kind of body will we have? Now think that Mary was hanging on to him. He said, don't hang on to me. So it's a physical body, right? It's, it is physical. Now, some of us might not like that, but <laughs> it is going to be physical. Um, she took off, and all she had to do is tell us, I've seen him. I've seen him. He's alive. He's well. I, you know. And then she told them what he had said to her. And it's not like, well, okay, one translation said, don't touch me, but it wouldn't make any sense if that was a taboo for him to look at Thomas and offer his hands and his side to Thomas. So if, if it wasn't possible for someone to touch him, he would not have said to Thomas, okay, you, you have trouble believing? Here it is. Here's my hands. Here's my side. Feel these hands. These are real hands. This is not, you know, some kind of ghost or spirit. And Thomas didn't need to touch him at that point, but he did offer his hands and his side for Thomas to touch him. And you go on, uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 24 here in just a moment. Um, the Sea of Galilee, you remember the Sea of Galilee, the, the appearance, uh, they went fishing and they hear this voice out on the shore saying, you know, do you have any fish? Have you caught anything? This is nothing. And he says, why don't you throw the net on the other side of the boat? And they did that and, and they immediately knew when that net felt all of that trembling of fish in it says it's, it's him. And so when they got to shore, what was he doing? Cooking fish. Had something ready for them to eat. Um, there was a time, and I'm a, this is Luke chapter 24, one of those times he just appeared to him. Let me, let me get you to thinking about this. His body is physical but it can appear and disappear. So how does that work? Body's physical, but it can appear and disappear. And yet he's, he's meeting, with, he, he just appears to these disciples. This is Luke 24. And um, he appeared and he says, peace be to you. And they were all startled and frightened. This is verse 37, Luke 24, 37. And, um, they thought they were seeing a spirit. They thought 
this was not real. This was just a spirit, a ghost-like thing. And he said to them, why are you troubled and, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands here again. He appeals to the physicality of, of who he was. See my hands, my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have what? Flesh and bones. Notice he didn't say flesh and blood. He said a, a spirit does not have, spirit is not having a skeleton and does not have flesh over a skeleton. This is me. Spirit can have what I'm standing in front of you offering for you to touch. And when he had said this, he showed them. He showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, what? Have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it. I like verse four. He took it and ate it right in front of him. I, I, I just think that's so neat. <laughs> okay, you bunch of unbelievers, watch this. And he just sits there eating the fish. I don't know about you, but I think it's going to be so cool to have a physical body and eat, and it don't matter what you eat. I'm having to watch everything I eat right now to be healthy, but it doesn't matter. Amen, I'll take that. Take that any day. So the kind of body that Jesus had was physical. It was his body. But get this, it was not subject to physical law. Even though it was a physical body, it was not subject to the natural law in physics. How does that work? Right now, our spirit is limited to this body. When someone says, I'll be there in spirit, I says, no, you're not. <laughs> your spirit's going to be where you're at. <laughs> you're not going to be sending your spirits. I know what they mean when they say that. But our spirit is limited to this right here. We, it, our spirit just can't do probably what it longs to do because it's got to do it through the prism of this physical being that we're in, this body, this house, this tent. And, and Paul kind of talks about this as kind of like a tent and when it's when we pass away it's like folded up and set aside waiting for it to be changed to a better tent to an immortal tent but what happened I think and and maybe I, this is just speculation on my part is that the spirit now determines what the body does not vice versa and when the spirit how fast is spirit Speed. <laughs> that's how fast we will be able to move. And that's why Jesus could appear in a room, boom, and leave like, just like that. A physical body, boom, he's there. It's kind of like the body is now subject to what the spirit wants and what the spirit is going to do, not vice versa. Right now, it's just the other way around. And he, it shows that he could eat. He was touchable. The, it, it, the body that he had was real, but it, the spirit was in charge of that. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 15. And, and this is one of the great chapters on resurrection, but I, I'm taking you just for a specific reason on Jesus is a preview of what we're going to be like. And there's another passage that's very much more identifying that that principle 
But in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is talking about resurrection. And this is later on. This is verse 20. He said, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. He's the first one to have this happen. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order. This is an order. This is the sequential thing of resurrection. Christ is the very first one, the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. So we're going to be a pattern. He's the pattern that we're going to follow. It's going to be like his resurrection. What he did is going to be initiated in us when we're raised from the dead. He is the preview of heaven. What you see in him, we're going to be like him. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to, to God and Father when he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. So, we will be known as we are known. This is just kind of going back over some of the things. We, we will have a physical body, but in a different dimension. It'll be us. We will eat. We will drink. He said, how do you know that for sure? Well, Jesus said to his disciples, we're not going to have this Passover again until we have it in the kingdom. When all of this is set up, it's going to be on. There's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. I do believe if they said there's supper, there's food. And there's going to be something to drink. And it's all part of what is God's design to make this what he's always wanted us to be. He's going to remake us like he's always wanted us to be. And he sent his son to be the first, the prototype to be raised from the dead, to blaze the trail, to go through the door and come back through that door and tell everybody that he could tell in that time frame, this is what's going to happen and you're going to follow me and this is going to happen to you. Um, How old will we be? How old will we look? How's that for a better question? We're going to look around about 30 years of age. And you say, well, what's the scripture for that? Well, I, I think it's going to be 30 years of age. <laughs> it's, <laughs> or 33, somewhere along in that, 30 or 33. That's the optimum age. I can tell you this. I don't think there's going to be baby strollers in heaven. I don't think there's going to be wheelchairs. I don't think there's going to be ramps. I think the person was crippled up from birth from cerebral palsy. Their body's going to look like what it should have looked like. There's not going to be any amputees. There's not going to be any blind or deaf or any maladies. We're going to look exactly the way God intended us to look around 30 years of age. (laughs) I do have a verse to back that up, by the way. I will give you a verse, okay? <clears throat> First John chapter 3. <laughs> and I think there's enough exegesis here to back up my claim. Um, <laughs> I didn't see any handwriting on the wall, but I believe, you know, how old was Jesus when he died and was raised from the dead? About 33. Listen to this. 
I, I like the way this chapter begins. You know, he talks about, well, verse 2, we're just going to, he says, Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know this. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Not as he was, but as he is. What they saw in that garden tomb area, what they saw in those meeting rooms, what they saw on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is what we're going to be like. He is the first one to step into that dimension. And by stepping there, he says, you trust me. You're going to be right here with me. You're going to take on the same dynamics. I'm the one who brought you into this dynamic, and this is how you're going to look. This is how you're going to function. This is how you're going to be. And this, he goes on to say, that the person who has this hope, has this sense of confidence, purifies themselves even as he is pure. That the lodging in our souls of that truth, knowing that what's on the other side of the door of death, I know people have had near-death experiences and have died and been raised from the dead and come back and, you know, the little boy with heaven is for real and there's all kind of testimonies. The one we went through, you know, um, you know, they come back. Dr. Mary Neal has, has a great story. There's all kinds of people who've been there, looked into the portals, turned around, came back, and shared what they saw. And people said, well, you know, what, what, that's not equal to the Bible. But you can tell by this passage that that's exactly what happened. That he walked through death's door, turned around, came back, showed them what he looked like, and he says, you just trust in me, and this is what, I'm the first fruits of what this is going to happen to everybody. And when he comes back, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Here's one final thing. And, and um, I'm, I'm going to open it up for any questions. I think one of the most strangest things in the Bible is in Jude when he talks about the devil and Michael the angel arguing over the body of Moses. Boy, that would make a good movie. I don't know how you would cast it. What was that about? And I don't know why Jude brought that up, but he did say this, that when Michael and the devil was arguing about the body of Moses, Michael wouldn't even speak to him in his regard, he, he simply would say, the Lord rebuke you. You know, he didn't rebuke the devil himself. He just says, I'm here to tell you that the Lord rebuke you. But I think there was a significance to that because of what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. And that is a bizarre thing when you think about it. Because there's Jesus, you know, Peter... James and John, Jesus up there praying, and who shows up? Moses and Elijah, the chariot guy, the guy that left in a chair of fire. He did not die. They went around trying to find his body that fell out of the chariot. They, they did that. They thought, well, he fell out of the sky. No, he didn't fall out. He went on. 
However, his, his body had to be changed in some way, did it not? And, and here is Jesus, and Moses and Elijah appear like in the same form. I have no idea what that is about in Jesus. I, I, if you have insight on that, I would like for you to tell me. I just think it's weird what, what is going on there. But I also know that somehow it's linked to Moses and Elijah coming back. And you know what they're talking to Jesus about? Just talking to him about his death. Whatever they were telling him was helping him to prepare himself for that. And I don't think it hurt for two of the greatest men in Israel's history to be standing in front of him, talking to him and encouraging him. Because here they are. They've been gone for a long time. And here they are. They look like they're doing pretty well. They're out and about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Peter, he, he just goes crazy. He's like, we need to build something here. We need to build a tabernacle for him, for him, and for you. You know, well, I think I would want to like, hey, we need to mark this. We need some monuments up here. But it's, it's, it's like God was saying to them, and he told them, he put them on silence. He said, you're not supposed to talk to anybody about this until my death. And he was like, wonder, death and resurrection. They said, well, what's that about, his death and resurrection? So they, they were not allowed to talk about that. It was classified information. And for some reason, they saw it so somewhere along the line they could communicate, hey, we saw Moses and Elijah, and they, this is how they looked. And lo and behold, Jesus is raised from the dead, and, and he looked kind of the same but different. So I don't know about you. I'm kind of looking forward to that that this here is going to be changed to where there's no back problems and there's no other problems. It's all going to be fixed. It's all going to be new. No sickness. No Alzheimer's. You know, and there's nothing wrong, as David Morgan said to me, about my mom dying from Alzheimer's. He said, Brother Lynn, you need to know this. There's nothing wrong with your spirit, her, your mother's spirit. It's, it's her body that's got Alzheimer's, not her spirit. Her spirit's as good as it's ever been. And I got to thinking about that. I said, that's right. They can't touch her spirit. I don't know what she maybe longed to be able to try to tell us. And she was locked into this body that was deteriorating. And she couldn't tell us. But the moment she took her last breath, the first words I said to my other five siblings says, she doesn't have Alzheimer's anymore, I tell you that. She is free. It, it didn't hang on to her when she exited that body heading toward heaven. And that is our hope. That is a hope. It's not a wish. It is an assurance that that's going to be what we find, what we discover. So if you want to have, if you have a different angle, I welcome you to share it. And if you know what was going on about that argument over the body of Moses, I, w I welcome your insight to that. So, any questions? Besides the first five books of the Bible.
No. Probably is. <laughs> Well, he, he's uh, is the half brother of Jesus, so you know. And it's very short. Judas, just a single chapter long. I think it's. I don't know why that's in there. It's, it's uh, kind of like, okay, what was that about? And see, nobody, nobody was with Moses when he died. He was up on the mountain, and it said that God buried him. Where do you think God buries someone? I don't think he's going to dig a hole in the ground. Somewhere in all of that, there was some kind of spiritual dimension going on to where that there was a confrontation about that. But I, I'm, I'm sure people's got angles to it, but I'm, I'm not sure if anybody knows for sure what that was about. Well, I, I, I think that probably is an untrustworthy untru source there. <laughs> yeah, they would change. Their countenance was They were transfigured, turned solid white. Yeah. I think that gave them a preview of what to expect on the other side. You know, and death is, is just something that is just, it's an intruder. Nobody likes that to intrude in your family. Um, I'm going to have a part in the funeral tomorrow of, of a guy I just visited one time, prayed with him at Forest Manor, and his family wants me to share in his funeral tomorrow. Yes. Exactly.
Yeah. Well, you know, David, when he was praying for the Lord to change his mind about the son that he and Bathsheba conceived, he begged and pleaded and fasted and interceded, and uh, and then he got word that the child had died after several days. But one of the things he said that kind of gives you a, an insight into even in that time frame was he says, well, he can't come back to me, but I can go to him. So there was this, there was this truth that they were anchored in that when they left, they joined those who preceded them, not just in a grave, but in a community. So um, I think that's really how David thought about it. I can't bring him back to me, but I can go to him. So anybody else? You know, one one of the neat people to to read is Randy Alcorn, and uh, if you're a tw Twitter person, you can uh, follow him on Twitter. He's very, he is probably the most um, gifted person on studying heaven and the nuances of heaven, uh, the the new earth, the new heavens, and the new earth. And um, you know, brother brother Ulrich used to say. Well, when you are raised from the dead, you're going to look about 33 years of age because that's what Jesus was. <laughs> he says, you're going to look good. So let's stand together. Praise God.